Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. day of this series called Happiness, and, you know, we looked a couple weeks ago at, uh, you know, just resting, going, hey, you want to be happy, stop trying to do more, just rest. How'd you do? I get some thumbs down in the back. That's awesome. Thank you guys for being real. And then last week we looked at depression and we really looked at uh, really what it means clinically, what it means circumstantially. And we said, hey, you know, it's really a big part of what we're dealing with in our world today. And we just want to make sure that this message is relevant. Well, one of my kids last Sunday comes up to me at home after afterwards and he says, Dad, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, which is a mistake. And uh, I said, what is that, my friend? And he goes, Dad, I thought this series was called happiness. I said, yeah, it is. Why? And he goes, well, you've preached on depression, and, and you've, you've preached on people aren't taking a Sabbath or resting. And he goes, that's not happy. And I said, I said, okay, you don't get it. I said, what we realize is I think we're not happy because of those things. And so we're looking at it for us to have the foundation of contentedness. We've got to make sure that we're taking care of us. We've got to make sure that we're taking care of those core issues. And so I had a lot of people reach out after last week and just say, hey, we had some great conversations. Uh, it's been good to talk about. And so today is no different. It's the last uh, message in this series called Happiness. So if my kids are listening right now, don't ask me at home why I preached on this today. But let me give you a scripture we ended with last week. And here it is. If you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen. It's Psalm 4610. Be what? Still. Say it real loud. Be still. still and know that I'm God. We looked at the scripture last week and we looked at the realization that if the scripture is true, be still and know that I'm God, then at the same time, the inverse is true. And these are God's words. And so in other words, if we are not still, we cannot know God. Do you, have you ever been in a church and you've had those uncomfortable, like quiet moments, you know, and, and it just gets quiet for like even 10 seconds. Do you know how uncomfortable that is? For some of you, that was the hardest moment at church you've ever been at, the last 10 seconds there. But we're, we're, we're just not good at it. We're not good at pausing. We're doers, we're goers, we, we got kids, and we got things we got to do, and we got to be at, and we got to do this, and we got to conquer the world, and we got to do the next thing, and we got to do the fun thing, and we're going after this, and we're going after the other thing. And I think sometimes we're just going crazy that we forget just to be still and know that He's God in the middle of everything that you and I are, are going through. Now, can I be honest for a second? All right, for half of you, I'm going to be honest. For the rest, I'm going to lie in just a moment. I'm kidding. All right, let me just be honest. Sometimes, sometimes, I'm afraid preaching doesn't work. What I'm doing right now, I'm not convinced it works. And here's why, okay? The last two weeks, we preached on it, taught on it, preached on depression. Did you go, man, after, after service, we are like, man, i got to go change my life. The week before, and I'm not saying this can condemn you, but I'm saying sometimes I think it's almost ridiculous that we got one guy or one gal that shares this message, and I'll tell you what, I put my all into, and what I've had to realize is I'm preaching to myself lately, going, these are things I'm dealing with, and so if none of you get something out of it, I want to make sure I do, but my prayer is that it would be life-transforming, and sometimes I go away and I go, I, I know small groups are working, I know we reach out, but I don't, I don't see transformational change all the time from preaching you know, in 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. 
And, and I'm just, I'm not, again, I'm saying that. And last Sunday, though, something really cool happened after church. Somebody called me and they just said, hey, I want to tell you something. I said, what's that? And they said, you gave me and my kids, or teenagers, something to actually talk about because we just don't. And so they talked about depression on the way home. They talked about it that afternoon. And I just want to say this. That's awesome to hear, first of all, that there's transformation taking place. But these topics, they're really heavy. These are very... Talking about depression, talking about anxiety, talking about just rest and stress and all those things. These are real things that are happening in our world. And so know that your kids, if you're a parent, your kids are dealing with this stuff more than we might even realize. So don't be afraid to have that conversation. Open it up on the way home. Have that conversation today. You know, I love this story. It's a story of a first grader. And, and the first grader, you know, she wonders why every night her dad brings home this ginormous briefcase with all this work. And, you know, her mom just explained, well, daddy has so much to do that he can't finish it, you know, at the office. So he's got to bring his work home with him. And the uh, little girl, she says, well, well then. And she's thinking, you know, just innocently. And the little child says to her mom, well, why don't they put my daddy in a slower group then? You know, like... <laughs> I love that. But I think that's our world right now, man. Like, we're just, we go. And you would think that we've, we've been there. Let me, let me show you this next picture here. Um, I've got a picture of a lantern. How many remember the old kerosene lanterns? Anybody remember it? So, okay. Um, Derek says I have Depends, but um, I'm still in boxer briefs, man. Um, you didn't need that image. I'm sorry. All right. So just... Imagine this, okay? And here's what happens in the old kerosene lantern. I used to have one. and I don't know, How many of you just love the smell of kerosene? Oh, man, I can just... That is, kerosene is my drug, man. Like, I just... Oh, smell of kerosene is so good. Um, imagine a wick that is placed in oil in a kerosene lamp. The bottom's in kerosene. And then there's this little cloth wick that goes down. You can twist it higher. You can twist it lower. And then you, you light it. And it continues to burn. But here's what I want you to catch this morning. If the oil runs out in the lamp, do you know what happens? The wick continues to burn. Even when the oil runs out, that wick continues to burn. As long as there's oil, though, the wick will not burn. It looks like it's a flame, but the wick will never burn out. When the oil does, it'll turn into ash. I did it. I saw it. It'll just crumble apart. Okay? As long as you and I are living on the dependence of the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't burn out. But the question is, this morning, is what's burning? Is it God burning in and through you with everything you do and when you are just being? Or is it you trying to do it on your own? Again, preaching to myself right now, because sometimes I try to do it in my own strength, and it doesn't go as well! Okay? It doesn't. Let me give you Luke chapter 12, verse 35. I love this verse. And the Bible says, Be blessed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Keep your lamp lit. Well, in this you know, context, it's talking about Jesus is the light. So often I think we think we have to be the light. Or we have to be the ones that share. We have to be the ones that need to figure all this out. When Jesus is just saying, just abide in me. Just rest in me. He, he's the kerosene. You're the wick. Let it burn. Don't try to burn yourself or you will burn yourself out. 
you don't have to raise your hand, but how many have ever felt that way where you're like, man, I don't have the energy. I don't, ha- I don't even know if I can t- continue to go on or I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know how to like just, just put my foot in front with another foot and continue to walk on right now. Sometimes that's depression last week that we talked about. Other times it's life circumstances that continues to go on and on and on and on. Let's go back to that lantern picture. Here's what I want to explain to you this morning. I want you to think of it like this. We're all at different places in this room. Some of us have struggled with depression. Some of us haven't. Some of us are good at resting. Some of us aren't. Some of us are somewhere in between on any given level. What I want you to do today is no matter where you're at on this topic, I want you to utilize this for people in your life. Whether it's you or the people around you or the people you know that God has given you a sphere of influence with. So think of it like this. I wish I had like a 30 foot whiteboard. And so imagine this. Here's life. Okay, life is just this level right here. Okay, we've got our ups and we've got our downs. Okay, we've got we've got events. And, and how many know that all those ups and downs are really not in our control, are they? They're not. Okay. Well, Pastor Chris, I, I have con- yeah, your control is an illusion, man. Can continue to believe that. Control is an illusion. And so here's what happens. Control. So, so life's going great. Life's going great. Okay, you got the ups and downs in life. And this is what I want to talk about today. Here we are. Let's just say we're, we're right here. Right smack dab in the middle. Life is going really, really good. And then some kind of just horrible crap situation hits the fan. And it kind of goes down here. And you're like, ah, oh, well, we're resilient people, right? We're fighters. And so we continue to try to climb out of that on our own. Like, hey, I can, I, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to do okay. And, and then and then what's happened, especially in 2020, you know, I'm a Back to the Future fan, and every meme says, Marty, never set the time circus to 2020. All right? I can tell you why. What happened? So another thing happens, and then it goes down again. Okay? So, so you go through this. You know, back in March, COVID happens. All right, well, I'm doing okay. I'm trying to... Mask mandate happens. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I can deal with this. And then another thing happens. And another thing... And you're going, I want to climb out. I want to be back here. And what's happened is, is you're doing kind of a downward roller coaster into where you can't even see it anymore. And some of us are so far down here that we think we're up here and we think we're good when we're not. Been here, done that. I bought the ticket. I, 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 I developed and designed this ride. I've ridden it. Okay? I made every cart that sits on this ride. So here we are. This is level. And then between the episodes of life, we don't have enough recovery time between them to pull ourselves out. In fact, we shouldn't be the ones trying to pull ourselves out at all. Okay? This can happen to anybody, anytime, anywhere, at any moment. This can happen to the strongest of Christians. Okay? Just as it seems to happen to the strongest prophet that ever lived in the Bible. We read about him last week, Elijah. He got depressed. He wanted, he asked God to take his life. He said, I'm done with this. We looked at Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, God, I'm done with this. Take my life. The Israelites, they're not listening. We looked at Paul when Paul was preaching to the Ephesians, or to the, uh, the Corinthians. He said, I don't know that they're going to listen. I, I don't know that I can do this. I'm done. Even the strongest, closest that we think to Jesus went through this time of burnout. This happens to those of you who are givers. And I know a lot of us in our church, you like to give of your time, resources, you like to help people. We're, this is a phenomenal church. Can we give God some praise for that? Come on, somebody, all right? This is a phenomenal church of people. You're the church. What happens, though, to those of you that are like this, those of you that want to be a blessing and empty yourself out, you do so good at it that you forget to fill yourself. Okay? And so the wick that's burning is no longer the oil in that lamp. It's the wick that's burning. And you're going, I, I don't know how much of this I got left in me. 
but I don't want anybody to know because I think it's a character weakness or a character flaw. When it's not, it's a health issue. This happens to those that are giving so much over time of their time, their energy, to their family, to their work, to their environment. You're dying to everything all the time that you lose sight of renewing yourselves because you think you're being Christ-like. Okay? Okay? Can I just... I want to give you some good news today. Jesus wants you to be renewed. Okay? He wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to go, Hey, I need some oil in that lamp today. Give me oil in that lamp. Give me... Burning, burning, burning. How many remember that song? I didn't even grow up in the church and I know it, so you all should know that one too, alright? Failure to adequately deal with burnout can lead to depression, it can lead to despair, it can lead to suicide, it can lead to irrational anger, it can even lead to death and physical issues that are documented scientifically. Here's burnout. Burnout is this. It's this feeling of being hopeless, yet still having hope, but just lacking the energy to pursue it. Does that make sense? Okay? It's this feeling, I, I, I know it's there, but I just don't know how to do it anymore. Like, I just don't have the oomph. I'm, try, I'm trying to, like, pull myself up on bootstraps, but I don't feel like I've got the oil to do it anymore. In other words, life has happened so fast that there's not enough time to recover between those down moments of your life lately. Now, let me flip it. You can also get burnout up top. Even in the good instances, it can be too many. Where you're like, I just, I can't do it anymore can't do it anymore. You see this in a lot of megachurch pastors, actually, that burn themselves out. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28-30. just want to read the first part of this. I shared this a couple weeks ago. Come to me. It's Jesus' words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And He will give us what? He'll give us what? Jesus says, just come to Him. It's that simple. I, you know, we could end the sermon right here, but I want to give you some scientific facts here this morning. We could end right here. Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. In other words, how that looks in my life lately, in the last couple months, what I've been doing is I go outside and I sit on my porch. I told Heather, I said, my dream, ready for it? My big dream is to grow old with my wife, sitting on a rocking chair that we bought from Wayfair.com, drinking lemonade on my porch. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? That's my dream. We've been married 20 plus years, man. I'm just getting to know her. I still don't understand women at all, especially my wife. I want to figure that out in the next 50, 60 years. Okay? That's, I know that'll never happen, but come on. We've got to shoot for the stars. But when I go out there right now and I bring my dog, and if you met my dog, she's so lazy and brainless and just she just puts her head up on your lap and like just pet me and if you stop petting her she'll put her paw on you like just pet me and I sit there and I grab my Bible or I'll, I'll turn on Elevation Worship or something and I'll just sit there or I'll look out at the wind blowing and all of a sudden I realized I've been in ministry for over 20 years and I'm just now learning what it means to abide in Christ just now yeah, I'm, I'm like new at this okay can I tell you how life-giving it is? How refreshing it is? How when I take that, I feel like I have more time even though I gave Jesus some of mine? That's His way, not my way. Chances are, depending on how busy you've been or you are, you don't even know that you're burned out. It's really hard to see yourself. So let's figure it out. Here we go. So we're going to figure out what stage you're at. I'm going to give you three stages, okay? Um, this is developed by John and Paul Sanford in the thing called Elijah House. And I'm just going to give this to you this morning. And, and before I do, let me give you one last scripture here. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Let us not become weary in doing what? Good. Don't become weary in doing good, for we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
Some of us have wanted to give up. Some of us are going, I'm doing so much good and I feel like I'm just not getting anywhere. I'm not getting anywhere with, with work. I'm not getting anywhere with my family. I'm not getting anywhere with my friends. I'm not getting anywhere with school. I'm not getting anywhere with this culture. I'm not getting anywhere on social media when I try to change somebody's mind. <clears throat> Let's not grow weary. Well, how do we not grow weary? We need the wick to stop burning and the oil to burn. That's how. So, I'm asking you not to give up. Some of you I know are ready because you've called me, you've talked to me, you've, you've emailed me, you've messaged me. Or you have a desperate cry for help. And I just want you to know that we're in this together. We're going to get through this together. I told you last week and I'll continue to say it's okay not to be okay. But we're all on that ride together. Alright? We're on this thing called life. Well, I vote blue. I vote red. I don't care. We're on this thing together and we're eventually going to reap a harvest if we don't give up. What's that? Because people look at how we live our lives and if we demonstrate to them that we're filled with Christ and that we can do it in a time like this, we can do it in any time. Come on. Alright? That would be a good place to give God like an applause or something right there. I'm proud of my son. He just gave God like a... That was good. Alright. Now for those of you that are going, you know what? I'm going to tune this out. I'm not burned out at all. You're the ones I'm really speaking to. And here's why. Either one, you don't know it. Or two, you have people around you that need this and you have the answer to bring to them. And so just realize that it might not be for you. It might be around your sphere of influence. And so realize that people around you, majority of them are at this someplace in their life right now. Level one, here you go. Everybody say level one. Come on, level one. You feel overtired all the time. I know that's none of you. <clears throat> you sleep might not feel refreshing like it used to. Maybe you wake up and you're going... They had 10 hours of sleep tonight, but it just didn't feel like I did. You know, and you, you blame it on your spouse. Constant headaches. Just constant. Or you have this like kind of vague fear and anxiety that really doesn't make sense. Because everything's fine, but you're kind of like, why am I feeling this? Why am I there? Or you're questioning your relationship with God. You're going, I, I know I believe, but I'm just, do I really believe? Am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Where am I at? Or you get these occasional adrenaline rushes like, I, I can do this. I can complete this task. I've got enough energy to do this today. But then afterwards, you, man, you're just spent. You're like, I, I don't know that I can do another thing. I just, I just gave my all. I'm... I'm good. I can tell you, Derek, as a youth pastor, has never felt that way. The things you, the things you find fun, you no longer do. The things you used to find fun, you no longer do. For me, when I got to the realization of burnout a few years ago, I realized, for me, it was fishing. I love to fish. And I got to, I have this little 14-foot boat I use with a little five-and-a-half horse motor. That's my big old bass boat right there. And, and uh, I go to, want to go fishing. And I get up and I go outside and I'm looking at my life jackets. I'm looking at everything I need to bring with and all my tackle and my rods and everything. And I was like, you know, it just kind of seems overwhelming. I, I don't know that I want to do this today. Like, I think I'm just going to go watch Netflix or something. And, and I thought it was kind of normal. Like, I was just tired. Well, then when that repeated itself for a few months, I realized that I was going through these stages. So if you've seen any of these things or combination, you're probably at kind of the first stage of burnout. There's four stages. I'm only going to give you three. Because stage four is like, you need to go see somebody professionally. And I don't have a doctorate in this to, to tell you to do that. Okay. Level two. So the, the wick goes down. I think we have the next picture of this. Goes down a little bit more. It's still burning, but it's not burning the right way anymore. So level two is just a little higher level of being burned out, you know? Um, I think we saw this in Elijah last week when we unpacked his story. Here he is saying, God, take my life. I'm done with it. 
And, and he just, he's sitting there wanting to be done. I look at uh, Jonah in chapter 4. Jonah does this great thing for God. And then all of a sudden afterwards he goes, I'm no good. You made me go to them. I didn't want to go to the Ninevites and share your message. And we see this over and over throughout Scripture. But in level 2, your adrenal glands scientifically are no longer producing what it should. You're not, you're not producing adrenaline like your body was meant to. Scientifically and biblically, both. They match beautifully. And it's not doing it any longer. And so your body is literally depleting. Depl- yourself of adrenos and the problem with that is the when your adrenos are gone you cannot get them back it's not something well, I want to go get some more back it doesn't work like that and so you need to take care of you sleep becomes a labor it's like oh I gotta, I gotta go to bed I don't know that I want to do this or you have increased tension to every life circumstance you start snapping you can't you can't handle even the little things like you used to or you have fear constantly just constant fear and can I just speak to this one for a second I know that's a sign of burnout that's also a sign of CNN and Fox movie your confidence is eroding by the way by the way if you think you're getting actual facts from either of those organizations, then you're, lie, you're believing in a lie from the pits of hell. I'm just going to say that and leave it there. Okay, I don't care what side you believe on, but if you want facts, that's not a good place to start. That's all. That's my little side note. That's not from Jesus. That's from Chris, okay? So don't blame him. You can blame me. Your confidence starts eroding. You no longer have, like, man, I can do it. I got this. I can, I've done this before. No, all of a sudden you're like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can do this. I don't, I don't think I'm good enough. I'm tired. I'm not sure that I can go through with this. I, I know I used to be able to, but I don't know that I can anymore. You start withdrawing from God. You start withdrawing from people. You start withdrawing from life, and not just because of the last six months of our world, because you feel like you no longer can do it. Your prayer life starts eroding. You have this impulse to start weeping over little things. It just, just kind of happens. It doesn't make sense to you, and that's, if that's not your tip. some of us, that's your typical MO. Okay? You know, sometimes my wife will cry, and I'll be like, why are you crying? She goes, I just need to. I'm like, I don't understand. Come on, guys. Any guys with me? Okay. Yeah, thank you. All right. But I realize what she needs in that moment is just dark chocolate, and then we're good. All right? So I figured the answer. Prayer left starts to erode. Periods of despair where you just feel like, I, I don't know that I can continue to put that foot in front of the next foot. Your creativity suffers. You have kind of a decline in creativity. If you're married, your intimate life suffers. You go through these moments of just, I don't know that I want to be with somebody else. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I'm rested enough. I'm I'm just not sure that's going to be good for us right now. That's level two. Level three, here's the next picture of the lantern. So it's a little bit more dim. It's going down just a little bit. You know, I really believe right in level three, this is when it gets really, really serious. This is when you've got to take action. And I'm going to give you some, you know, some things here biblically that I think will help. But I want you to figure out which stage you're at. Stage one, kind of feeling sleep is, you know, not that great. You know, stage two, it becomes a labor. Your confidence is just gone. Stage three, here we go. It's both those first stages just really intensified, but then added with it, stress. You ready for this? Stress becomes an addiction. So let me explain that for a moment. How many, just by round of applause, and it can be you or somebody else, but just how many know somebody lately or in the last six months that's been kind of down? Just by round of applause. Anybody? Okay. Probably all of us. Here's what we've got to be really careful of. That can become an addiction. When you get down, it becomes comfortable and it becomes what we know. The same can happen with stress. Where stress becomes an addiction where you just feel like you have to be in it because you don't know any other way. 
neither one of those are God's best. And so we want to be the best that, that God has for us. Now there's grace in all of that, but it becomes this addiction, this stress. Like you don't know how to do this without stress because that stress makes you feel like you have that adrenaline when that adrenaline's been depleted. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like the Diet Coke of real sugar. Okay, This is the diet version. Like You think I, you think I got it because I feel the stress all the time, but it's not the right adrenaline rush. Constant aches and pains or illness or feeling off, stage 3. Daily headaches or nausea. Um, even digestive or heart issues or you can't fall asleep. But at the same time, you're sick of the thought of even waking up. Okay, it's a catch-22 here. You feel like God has betrayed you. Feel like God no longer really thinks highly of you. Feel like you've messed up too much. You're completely defenseless at the blows and pressures of daily life. You have unbelievable anger and hatred. It's just explosive. It comes out. You have uncontrollable paranoia. Constant withdrawal from life, from people. A complete loss of confidence in who you are. I was at stage three one time in my life. And uh, this was about 20 years ago. It was before I was in ministry. But I chose to do the worst job that anyone could ever do in your life. Door-to-door sales. I did it for two years. Don't do door-to-door sales unless God's calling you to do it. It's awful. It's awful, man. I don't even know if you could do it with COVID right now. But here I am. I'm going door-to-door and I'm selling pizza. Okay? I love pizza. And, and I'm selling just pizza coupons. I'm going door-to-door. And we go down to Edina. We're selling pizzas in a diner. And while I'm in the diner, I'm going door to door and they're looking at me like, you're selling what? I've never heard of a coupon. What is that? You know? <laughs> Cake eaters. And we lived in Eden Prairie for a couple years. Got to see it. Witness it. We even went to little plays and people had made sure that their blanket and their picnic table and their chair and their grapes all matched the same color. It was not us. And so we, I'm going door to door maybe you've been here and and I had done door-to-door sales for a year and I got so burned out I'm like I never want to do this again well there was times doing door-to-door sales where I would make a hundred dollars an hour you want a good college job I'm telling you it was a great job okay I've never made anything like that in my life and so I'm like well this is phenomenal you know I'm out for four hours I made 400 bucks tonight woohoo not worth it dude you can even pay me a million dollars and I would not go do it again so I'm feeling just tanked. I'm a manager of a whole team of people that are out there selling door-to-door. I get a commission off what they make. You know, it's like, it's like an MLM on crack is what it was. And I, uh, if you don't know what that is, just thank Jesus. And so I, I get up to... Some MLMs are great, okay? For those of you that lead them, they're, they're great. You just have to work your butt off. It's not a get-rich scheme. I get up to this next door, and... The guy answers the door, and I'm going through the spiel. Hi, my name's Chris with CW Marketing, blah, blah, blah. We're selling for this pizza place in Edina. It's called Cheetah Pizza, by the way, which is really a bad name because you should never put Cheetah on pizza. And, and I said to him, I said, uh, hey, you know, how many books would you like to buy? Not would you like, but how many books would you like to buy? you got to know your sales tactics. And so I say that to him, and, and he goes, no joke, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I, I, he goes to me, he goes, we have our pizzas flown in from California. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay, then. So, purposely, we're not supposed to run across lawns. I did then, and I ran across his to the next house, you know, intentionally just, you know, all right, God bless. And I get to the next house, and, and this person is not allergic to tomatoes, but I'm allergic to cooked tomatoes. And so, being here for two years, I was just done. Like, I was just done, and everybody on our bus that I drove out, all of them except myself, smoked, and they smoked not like cigarettes, I'll just, you know, uh, other things that, that are very filled with herbs. And so, I 
I, I've never done it in my life. And so I stop at the next place and I get out and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm here. I'm, my confidence is gone. I feel like, what am I doing with my life? I'm wasting my life. I'm doing door to sales. Trying to get through Bible college, by the way. And so I knock on this next guy's door and I'll never forget what I said. This is, this is how you know you're at stage three. He opens the door and I'll never forget the next words out of my mouth were, you probably don't want to buy whatever I'm selling, do you? <laughs> He goes, probably not. <laughs> Have a good night. You too. That's stage three. It was just, I couldn't handle it anymore. I was just done. So I quit and became a server and I loved working in restaurants. It was fun. Here's the deal. There's no quick fix. Help, Pastor Chris. I'm burned out. There's no quick fix. I hate to give you that news this morning. I thought this was life-giving. It is, so I want to give you truth. You can't be like, all right, so I'm going to do these ten steps to get out of burnout. Woohoo! can't do it on your own. That's the other problem. That's really hard. Because us as Americans, we're very independent. We like to figure it out on ourselves. There's a great book. If you're struggling with burnout or you know somebody is, this is a book you need to get. Okay? It's by Wayne Cordero. It's called Leading on Empty. Phenomenal. It comes from a ministerial perspective. Buy that book. If you don't have the cash to buy it, I'll buy it for you. You tell me. Because I want to make sure you have this. It's a great resource. Wayne Cordero, Leading on Empty. Wayne Cordero, his whole thing, he got to a place of burnout, led a phenomenal church out west, and he was in a supermarket, I believe it was a supermarket, and all of a sudden he falls to the ground thinking he needs to have a heart attack, and they bring him into the hospital, and they hook him up to the EKG, and they say he's not having a heart attack, but his body's physically drained of adrenos. And so he had spent the next three to four years recovering, took a sabbatical, continued to try to figure out a way out of this, a way to get there, and learn that it takes a lot of time. I believe Wayne Cordero is still figuring that out. But let me just give you a couple key steps to get there. All right, so just some real practice this morning, and then I'm going to end in a couple scriptures. Right now, I'm speaking to those of you who are not burned out right now, or those of you that are, what's really helpful is helping somebody else who is, Okay? So for those of you that are just like, dude, you're preaching to me right now. This is my life. And you're going, the Holy Spirit's speaking. Listen then. Just listen. Okay? For those of you that know somebody that's burned out, I have something I want you to do in the next couple weeks. I want you to kidnap that person who's been burned out. Okay? I don't want you to ask their permission. Don't go ask them what they like. You know, my wife and I, when we go on dates, you know, it takes us like longer to figure out what we want to do than what we do when we go on a date. Don't ask them. Just kidnap them. Take them somewhere. Take them mini golfing. Take them fishing. I don't even care what you do. Just be like, hey, I'm showing up at your house. I'm taking you somewhere because they don't have the energy to pursue it themselves. You have to do it on their behalf. You go take them and get them out of there for a while. Kidnap them. Do whatever you want with them. No, that's scary. Okay? Take them somewhere fun. Have, go bowling. Do, there's a lot you can still do today, okay? Go do something. Just take them out of what they feel like they can't get out of because what you're showing them is that there is a way out. You're showing them there is still life. And you're also showing them that somebody cares enough to upset their daily actions and their daily routine. Kidnap them. Number two, pray for them. Here's why. Somebody who's seriously burned out, they can no longer pray for themselves. They can't do it. They're trying, but they're going, I'm tired, I'm weary. I don't even know that Jesus is listening to me anymore. We know He is, but they can't see it. So pray for them. Who is it that you know that's burned out? Pray for them. Pray for them right now. Pray for them. Let's do, let's do this right now. Who is it that you're thinking? If it's you, okay, then I'm going to pray for you. If it's somebody else, pray for them right now. Is there a name that God's put in your heart and your mind right now? 
God, you know these names that you've put in our hearts and our mind right now. Lord, if, if we don't have one yet, would you give us a name to, of somebody to pray for? Lord, those names that are here right now, if it's people in this congregation, we just lift them up. If it's people listening online, whoever it might be, God, we just ask that you give them life. We ask that you refresh them. I ask, God, that you just reveal yourself to them through other people right now. Lord, that they would know that there's hope even in hopeless situations, God. Be with them. Pray in your name. Number three, take them to a movie. This is really important. Or if you're the one that burned out, watch movies where the good guy gets beat up but hangs in there till the end. Okay? That's, that's what burnout is. You're a good guy, good gal, and life's going great, and then all of a sudden it just kind of turns. You got to realize there's still hope. Okay? There's still hope. That's like every Marvel movie that's ever been invented. All right? Or any hero movie that's ever been invented. Okay? Go and look. One of my favorite movies of this where the good guy kind of gets beat up and he tries and he continues on is Here Comes the Boom, man, with Kevin James. It's one of my favorites. All right? Great movie. I'm not even a wrestling fan. It's one of my favorite movies. Share with them that you love them because they can't see it right now. Don't be like, hey, man, I love you. Show them. Put your arm around them. Okay? Ask their permission if it's cold about what all that stuff. But show them. Share with them your love for them. Alright? And last is this. You need, and this is obvious, but you need the rest and replenishment. You don't have a porch that you can use. You can come use mine. I got two rocking chairs from Wayfair.com, man. They're all yours to use. Just come on over. If I go outside and you're sitting there, I'll leave you alone. Just sit there. Just come and just enjoy. Just stay there and go, hey, I just need to rest. I just need that replenishment. Can I be honest, church? We're not good at that. I'm not good at resting. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You know? Sunday should be a great day for many of us to go home after church and just be with family and just hang out. You know, we finished our basement a couple years ago. One thing I do now that's refreshing is we go downstairs and we have this little wet bar. And you know what we fill it with sometimes on Sunday evenings? Nacho bar, baby. Oh, yeah. Come on, nacho bars. Yeah. So we get like the good nachos, you know, the $1.29 ones from Aldi. Oh, yes. The queso, that's $1.39 from Aldi. And we, man, we go all out. Nacho bar night. You know what I love about it? We have a ping pong table downstairs. We sit our chair next to the ping pong table and we just eat over on the ping pong table. We'll watch TV or something. We'll hang out. I'm just resting. Relaxing. And some of you are trying to get a hold of me and you're not because my phone's upstairs. It's not even by me because I'm resting. Put your phone on a different level of your house. Give it to your spouse and say, hey, will you just reply to anybody for the next hour or two? I just want to rest. Be careful there, by the way. You see, Jesus lived a life. He gave it all. He died and he was resurrected so that you and I can have life. But here's the thing I think we do a lot of times. We look at that and we go, that's my get out of hell free ticket. But what we don't realize is in this verse right here, John 10.10, this is where we get a life-giving church from. The thief, it's the enemy, Satan, put in whatever you want there, only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the fullest. What I want you to catch is talking about eternal life. Jesus came so that you can have that. And so I think sometimes when we're in burnout, when we're in depression, we're filled with anxiety, when we're not resting, we go, hey, I'm going to be okay. I've got hope in Jesus because someday when I pass away, I'll be with him in the eternal glory. It'll be great. But what you don't realize is what sometimes we often miss as Christians in this verse. It's right now. 
life and life to the fullest. He's talking about both your life right now and eternal life later. So when we say yes to a relationship with Christ, He can offer you that freedom. Okay, you've gone through the episodes, the ups and downs, okay, and you had an end of time, recovery time in between. He can redeem that. You know, do the things we talked about, the practice, but then rest and relax in Him. And let me give you this as a pastor, because I think a lot of times we do that and we feel like, well, i got to have my Bible open, i got to be praying. If you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to do that, do that. Sometimes it's okay to just go, God, just speak to me if you want. I'm just going to sit. That's okay. I'll give you this last scripture and we'll close. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 32. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. For there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. Described like America, didn't it? In the Bible. I mean, seriously, that's like America. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by what? What did Jesus do with his disciples? He just set up a nacho bar, didn't he? There wasn't pork or seafood, but he set up a nacho bar with his disciples. Got away with them. When's the last time you got away with Jesus? When's the last time you went and sat on a porch? When's the last time you just sat down, turned it all off, and just listened? I think this has become an addiction too. The roller coaster of life lately, man. We're like, hey, hey, we got through March, we got through April. Oh, it's May. How many have seen memes like that where they show the face of everybody from January through December of 2020? Okay? It doesn't have to be like that. Alright? God is not about changing your circumstance on the outside. He's about changing you, your character on the inside. So let Him. What is it that He wants to change in you? Allow Him permission to do that. He loves us right where we're at, but loves us enough not to leave us where we're at. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for every person here. Lord, I thank you for every volunteer. I thank you for every, every child. I thank you for every teenager, every young adult, every adult, God. Lord, every person that's represented here right now, every person that's listening to my voice, would you just give them a refreshing day, a refreshing week, a refreshing month. We need that right now. God, we're desperate for that, Lord. I know I am. We need you. We need to slow down. I believe that's your word for 2020 for the Christians, is to slow down and to listen, to abide in you. And God, I believe that you want to do something powerful in each of our lives. Lord, for those here this morning that are any of the stages of burnout, God, would you bring them from a level 3 to a level 2, or from a level 2 to a level 1, or take them out of level 1? God, I pray that if there's anybody at level four that feels like this is it, that they'd find professional help. But God, I know you're the miracle worker and that you can do a work in all of us and that you can do it this morning. You can do it this afternoon. You can do it in the conversation, the car ride home. God, I pray this message isn't useless, but it's useful. Lord, that we'd come to know you. Lord, your word says when we accept you, we get to receive eternal life. And we just read that. That gets to start right now. So have your way. If anyone here doesn't know you, would they just text yes to our phone number so we can pray with them. Be with us in this week to come. Lord, some people I know are thinking, Pastor, I've got work coming up. Pastor, you don't know my my situation right now. Pastor, I'm not even sure what things look like with everything that's changed and transformed. God, I know you see that person in that midst. And I pray that you would be with them. I pray they'd see you. For those this morning that aren't dealing with burnout, 
God, would you give them just the ability and the confidence to help kidnap somebody this week, to help see the people around them that are struggling, and may they lift them to a new place. May they be a a help. May we be your church, God. Lord, you've deployed this church more this year than ever before, and I pray that we'd continue to be deployed for you. Allow us to live for you. I thank you for today. I thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Jesus, that even if it was just one individual, you would have still given your life on that cross for them. And so this morning we're grateful and pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we do this? It's just a sweet presence. Can we just give God some thanks by just giving Him some applause before we head out, guys? Can we do that? Come on. Love you, Lord. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.